Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 19. Paul is now, uh, he's left Corinth and he's gone over to Ephesus. We're in his um, third uh, missionary journey. And um, so uh, he he comes into Ephesus and he found some disciples. And he said, you know, he noticed immediately um, they had... uh, not receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what it was about. They were baptized into John's baptism with water. That was for repentance of sins. But they had not received a baptism in the name of Jesus to get the Holy Spirit. And so there's sort of a baptism of repentance from John. But but Jesus completes that because when you're baptized into Jesus, you're baptized into his death and resurrection. You're baptizing, believing that He can raise you from the dead, that He can save you from your sins. And so, He said, on hearing this, we're kind of taken up uh, around verse 5, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. This was sort of like what happened at, the Pentecost, back in Jerusalem, Holy Spirit's putting his mark down that um, it is um, a sign from God that this is a accurate, true baptism. These guys are for real, and it's a way to, I think it's a way to validate this movement when you have the Holy Spirit working so powerfully during this time. Verse 8, And he entered the synagogue, and for three months, that's his custom, spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Verse 9, But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way, and again, the way was another phrase for for the Christian movement. Uh, And as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. So, in other words, now he's 
not reasoning with the Jews as much as he is the Gentiles. Verse 10, this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So Ephesus is this international city uh, at the um, sort of the westernmost part of um, Asia Minor. It is a port city on the Aegean Sea. Looking across, you would see Greece and Rome. Um, and and uh, so Ephesus is this international trade route. So powerful um, opportunity for the Word of God. Many people, you know, Jews and Greeks heard it. And it's like everybody heard it. So for two years, Paul's speaking. Verse 11, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. So again, McGee teaches Paul was a tent maker, and he just, you know, he has aprons, and he has these handkerchiefs like to mop his sweat. He's got a pile of like dirty laundry over there. Even his dirty laundry, people were taking them because God was working through that. The sweat of his brow would heal people. And that just shows you it was a way of showing God's power so much greater um, in even the smallest things from Paul than even the greatest things that these other false religions could put forward. Uh, verse 13, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. They wanted to get in on this, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Now, they're just doing it to get in on this and make money. Verse 14, Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named um, um, Siva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, but Paul I recognize, but who are you? You know, verse 16, and the man in whom the evil spirit, and the man whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. He probably beat them up pretty good. Verse 17, and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus. I mean, how humiliated were these guys because this evil spirit tore off all their clothes and was, was, was beating them for their very life, and these guys were running out naked. So all the Jews and the Greeks heard of this, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Verse 18, Also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts, brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Now, McGee said it was about $8,000 in worth. My study Bible says um, this was about $6 million in today's currency. So tremendous um, value um, for this book burning, big, big thing. So this was um, 
mighty rebuking of um, by the Holy Spirit here. Okay, now we have a riot in Ephesus. Verse 21, now after these things, these events, Paul resolved in the Spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and to go to Jerusalem, saying after uh, I've been there, I must also see Rome. Now, McGee says he did see Rome, but not like how he planned. Verse 22, and after, excuse me, and having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. Okay, so he sends a few people ahead of him. He stays a little bit. Verse 23, and about that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. Okay, here we go. Something big's happening. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to his craftsmen. Okay, so the the temple of Artemis was, I think, one of the wonders of the world. It was the biggest temple. It dwarfed even these big Parthenon temples in Greece. So this was big time, and I think there was, was a, a temple to Diana was there. Um, but in any event, uh, the shrine of Artemis was was big. And so this Demetrius fella is making the um, the gods... At this temple, and um, so he get so Paul's telling people there's only one God. He's cutting into their business, right? So he gathers together the workmen in similar trades and said, "Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth." Verse twenty six, and you see in here that not only in Ephesus but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. You know, that strikes at, at their pocketbook. So they got to do something about it. Verse 27. And there's danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. Okay, so he's saying we got to do something about this. And uh, when they heard this, verse 28, they were enraged and crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. I mean, it's like a battle cry almost. It's like, um, I mean, this is the, the heart of their religion, the heart of their wealth. Verse 29, so the city, and, and the heart of the, the city pride, the city was priding itself. So um, that they had the God at their city, you know. Verse 29, so the city was filled with confusion and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, uh, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. You know, they were saying, look, nothing's going to become good of this. Your life is in mortal danger. And I believe this uh, theater here, my study Bible says it had a capacity of more than 20,000 people. And this might have been a really big mob. You could think of it as like a, almost like a, uh, a small football stadium full of people. And even some of the um, uh, 
Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Verse 32. Now, some cried out <clears throat> one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion. Most of them did not know why they had come. <clears throat> all they were knowing is that they're all mad and hot, and they're trying to figure out <clears throat> who this Paul guy is. Verse 33, some of the crowd prompted Alexander, <clears throat> whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew for about two hours, all they cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. They, they weren't even listening to him. And when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, who is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is the temple keeper of the great Artemis and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky? So he's asking a rhetorical question. We Everybody knows that we're the most holy city. Everybody knows about Artemis. Everybody knows that we have the greatest temple. You know, everybody knows, quote, we're the best, you know, sort of. And we have the sacred stone that fell from the sky. My study Bible says that it... That could have been a meteor who came, you know, fell down, and the people were worshiping the meteor. So, verse 35, and when the town clerk, uh, so he asked these things, verse 36, seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash. All right, so what are you, what are you getting so riled up about? Verse 37, for you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious nor blasphemers of our goddess. Okay? They're not saying anything bad. Okay? If, therefore, Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open, and there are proconsuls. In other words, you got lawyers. Let them bring charges against one another. Verse 39. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly, for we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Okay, so you got the town clerk, you know, kind of appealing to their sense and sensibilities that, um, you know, they're the greatest and you don't have to prove anything. But you're going to get in trouble if you don't watch out. Okay? So that's what settled things down. Verse Now, we come to chapter 20. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed from Macedonia. So he encourages the disciples there in Ephesus, but he's heading over now to Macedonia. Macedonia, just for... The geography, um, Macedonia is sort of now in Europe, and he's made this journey across the Aegean Sea once before, so he's going back over now to, to Asia. Verse 2, when he had gone through these regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece, he spent three months and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, he was about to set sail for Syria. In other words, head back home. So he decided to return through Macedonia. Uh, Sopatar, the Berean son of Phyrus, accompanied him. And of the Thessalonians, you got 
um, Aristarchus and Secundus and Gaius of Derby and Timothy and the Asians, Tychus and uh, Trophimus. So you got yourself your little United Nations here following Paul around. Plus you got Dr. Luke <clears throat> who's writing all this stuff down. These went on ahead and were waiting for us. Again, this is us meaning you got Paul and perhaps Silas is with him. Um, plus all these other, you know, folks from, you know, Europe and Asia. So you got a little band of brothers here. Um, and we're waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. And uh, in five days, we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. So Troas is sort of the upper part. It's north of Ephesus. It's back over in Asia Minor. And so that's where Paul heard his, got his vision of the man from Macedonia on his, I believe it was his second missionary journey. So in any event, um, Paul is now back in Troas, and they stay there seven days. So we're going to have to stop here, and we're going to see what happens now when he's back over in uh, Asia Minor. So it's just an amazing journey here, being led by the Holy Spirit, being flexible, but being firm in your faith. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing, a, you're just enjoying this as much as I am. And um, as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time. And as always, our prayers go out for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. God bless you all. We'll see you here next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Acts chapter 19, beginning at verse 2, all the way through to Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through to verse 5. In our last study yesterday, Paul was... On his third missionary journey as he went to the city of Ephesus so he went over the Galatian country where he had been twice already um, before so Paul had been uh, by Ephesus on his way back he actually passed through Ephesus on his way back from his second missionary journey but he had no ministry there at that particular point so apollos preached um so so actually apollos there, there was a um a preacher who he met that's uh, by the name of apollos who was a great orator a great preacher but he did not he was well versed in scripture um in the old testament and um you know there he met aquila and priscilla who actually told him about um, the Lord Jesus Christ and um, yeah, gave him that information um, after they had heard his preaching. So, verse uh, scripture, I'm going to begin reading at verse 2, chapter 19, and it says, He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit? That was um, Paul when, um, you know, while he was in, in, in Corinth. 
and um yeah actually sorry uh let me just read from verse one and it says and it happened while apollos was in corinth yeah that paul having passed through the upper region came to ephesus and and finding some disciples he said to them yeah so um there was a paul apollos in corinth who was a great orator like i said earlier so uh verse two goes on to read he said to them did you receive the holy spirit when you believed so they said to him we have not so much as heard whether there is a holy spirit so like i said apollos he was well versed in the old testament so um, they had only heard about john the baptist and they had been baptized um, by john the baptists and um, here verse 3 goes on to read and he said to them into what then were you baptized so they said into john the into john's baptism um so here the you know the moment one trusts christ uh one is regenerated by the spirit of god one is indwelled and sealed by the spirit of god and one's baptized into the body of believers by the spirit of god and this happens the minute one trusts christ so we are uh, regenerated when we trust christ um we are baptized into the body of believers verse four let me just read quickly through verse seven then paul said to said john indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance saying the people saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him uh, that is on christ jesus verse 5 when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus and when paul had laid hands on them the holy spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied now the men were about to travel the men were about 12 sorry in all verse 8 goes on to read and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of god verse 9 but when some were hardened and did not believe but some but spoke evil of the way before the multitude he departed from them and withdrew the disciples reasoning daily in the school of tyrannus tyrannus okay so the school of tyrannus or Tyrannus was a school that was um, conducted for the Ephesians. So they had a siesta in the middle of the day for like about two to three hours, and in that um, particular period, people could come in and hear Paul. And Paul, for two years in this particular period, preached for two years. Um, preached the gospel for two years verse 10 goes on to read and this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in asia heard the word of the lord jesus both jews and greeks so in this particular period uh paul actually preached for two years so the province um here what we have asia is that's being referred to here is the province of asia so the word of god was growing and from this advantage point the church 
in Colossae actually came into existence. So Paul actually wrote um, to the Colossians as he did to the Romans. And he actually never visited, um, he never even visited there. But he was actually the founder of the church by the school of Tyrannus. So they actually um, sounded out the gospel and it went out everywhere, you know, from this particular school here. So Paul wrote to the Colossians and to the Romans as well. Verse 11 goes on to read, and Paul actually, he said he was going to visit Rome, but um, he ended up visiting Rome not the way he would have actually planned it. And um, he went in chains. Verse 11 goes on to read, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So here he is exercising, that's Paul, he's exercising the gifts of an apostle in this religious center here that's in Ephesus. And it was, um, you know, Ephesus actually was greater than Athens in religion Athens was more like a culture center so it was um, a religious satanic center there was a lot of paganism and heathenism um, and in Ephesus there was the great temple of Diana which was there and in order for Paul to actually meet the great opposition God granted Paul those special powers so he performed and you know and unusual miracles um, so, um, Paul actually, since he was a tent maker, you know, he'll go work, um, in his workshop and all, and, you know, he had a lot of these cloths, you know, when he's working, it's hot. So he's, uh, you know, uh, wiping the sweat off his brow. And so he had all these sweat cloths around him and all. And, um, and because God gave him these special powers, people just simply go and touch those cloths and, um, and you know get healing out of that and um and and thingy so that's what that's what would usually happen uh verse 12 goes on to read so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the disease left them and the evil spirits went out of them so Paul actually used these in uh, the sweat cloths, like I said earlier in his uh, work. And he was, you know, he was a tent maker and he used these things, uh, the, these uh, aprons and sweat cloths and things like that. Because, you know, if you look at Ephesus, it was a place that had a lot of idol worship and they believed a lot in cleans uh, cleanliness, you know, dressing up in white robes and just, you know, they had this peculiar thing Um and they, they believed, you know, you have to dress a certain way, look a certain way. Your garments have to be washed a specific way in order for them to actually fit into their holy religious practices. Um, so they use white cloths, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So God used these sweat cloths. They were, you know, that Paul was using just dirty sweat cloths um, of Paul to actually rebuke the heathen pagan religion of that particular day to make to to show them that it was not um it was the person of christ 
that uh, healed us and that actually saves us. If we believe in him, we are regenerated and we are baptized in the body of believers and not um, all these rituals and and, and, um, and uh, just objects around that uh, heal or that one can get saved by. Verse 13 goes on to read, saying, oh, sorry, verse 13, sorry. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by, uh, we exercise you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. So here, um, these were um, actually the wandering Jews who were going from place to place and were conducting, uh, they were actually connected rather to with um, occult mystery religion. And um, they saw what Paul did and they actually tried to duplicate it. Verse 14 goes on to read. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest who did so. So the priest... Here, the priests here had gone into this type of thing, these um, Jewish priests. Verse 15 goes on to read, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded so here the attempt of the sons of Sceva to try and duplicate the miracles of paul backfired badly on them verse 17 goes on to read this became known both to all jews and greeks dwelling in ephesus and fear fell on them all and the name of the lord jesus was magnified so this is the effect it had on these people so it actually caused the name of the lord to actually spread through the entire city of ephesus um and you know ephesus was a great was a huge was a great city um and this news went around um of what had happened and the lord's name was magnified verse 18 goes on to read and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds also many who of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burnt them in the sight of all and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver okay so this would actually come to about eight thousand dollars today which is quite a significant amount verse 20 goes on to read so the word of the lord grew mightily and prevailed when those things were accomplished paul proposed in the spirit um when he had passed through macedonia and achaia to go to jerusalem saying after i have been there i must also see rome so paul did look forward to seeing rome um so it was actually his intention to go to rome it was paul's intention after this missionary journey to go to rome and he actually did but not actually as he had planned it like i said earlier he went in shackles verse 22 goes on to read so he sent into macedonia two of those who had ministered to him timothy and erastus but he himself stayed in asia for a time 
So this was the time that he wrote um, to the Corinthians and Timothy and Erastus took the letter and told the people in Macedonia, and this includes Philippi, Thessalonica, and included those that were in Achaia, that's Athens, and you know, Corinth, that greater doors of, afflic of affliction of, sorry, the, uh, sorry, um, he actually wrote to and told those people in Asia, that's um, Macedonia, sorry, and th those are the areas that I read, that a greater door and affliction is open unto me, but they are many adversaries. So the adversaries we see are satanic here in Ephesus. He had a lot of opposition, and this was um, the cent you know, a center of pagan religion that was in Ephesus. Verse 23 goes on to read, and about that time there arose a great commotion about the way um, so here uh, you know, Christianity at this time didn't have the name it actually didn't have a name, yeah, it didn't have a name, a denomination or a church so it was a new way so they was uh, so the way was the Lord Jesus Christ, so there was a lot of opposition that arose about this particular new way of life about the way um verse 24 goes on to read for a certain man named demetrius demetrius yes a silver smith who made silver shrines of diana brought no small profit uh to the craftsmen so you know here around this temple the great temple of diana there was you know um it, which was the center it was a center of business um so there was a lot of trade going on and sin and gross immorality took place around it so um you know an uproar around the temple led by demetrius came up because demetrius he was a trader there and he made small little um crafts and small little idols of diana and that's where he sold them and um, because of Paul's preaching, um, a lot of people were turning away from idol worship and were turning to the uh, Christianity. So here, Demetrius, he's felt, you know, um, this is my bread and butter. Uh, so Demetrius, he was, um, he did business there and he was selling small idols of Diana. So um, he felt threatened by uh, Paul's preaching verse 25 goes on to read he called them together he called the other craftsmen because there were other craftsmen craftsmen working there with the workers of similar occupation and said men you know that we have our prosperity by this trade verse 26 moreover you see and hear and not only at Ephesus but throughout almost all Asia this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people saying that they are not God's which are made with hands so not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into uh, disrepute but also the temple of the great goddess diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed whom all of asia and the world worship okay so so this was actually the center of commerce and worship and religion. And this man is now, um, you know, talking to his other craftsmen and saying, 
this is what's going to happen. We're going to be run out of business. Verse 28 goes on to read, Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of, um, of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the, into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, uh, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. So these are the people who actually were traveling with Paul. Uh, verse 30 goes on to read, And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him because Paul would have actually get, gotten mobbed. So Paul would have been mobbed in uh, the Galatian country. Uh, in Lystria, he's, um, he had actually a similar incident where he was actually mobbed and, you know, he was dragged out of the city um, dead. So um, this incident had also happened like before. So the disciples um, stopped him from um, getting into that mob. Verse 31 goes on to read, Then some of the officials of Asia who were his friends sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. So, um, so yeah. So some of these colleagues, they were called the... Uh, Asiarchs, yeah. So many of these men were outstanding men who had actually turned to Christ. Uh, verse 32 goes on to read, Some therefore cried one thing and some others for the assembly was confused and most of them did not know why they had come together. So it was just, you know, just moving with the crowd, a mob, just, you know, with no cause. Um, no proper cause, rather. Verse 33, And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jew putting him forward, and Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. So he, Alexander here, he was a local official, but he was Jew. So verse 34 goes on to read, But when they found out that he was a Jew, with all, all with one voice cried out for about two hours. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So they, they had they formed this, these placards and, you know they were just chanting, with just no proper cause. <clears throat> so it goes into read verse thirty five. And when the city clerk, um, and when the city clerk had quietened. Uh, the crowd he said men of Ephesus what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter Zeus verse 36 therefore since these things cannot be denied you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly so in other words you know this town clerk he's just basically saying to them that they were making too much out of nothing um they didn't even have a proper uh cause to um scream and shout and kick about verse 37 goes on to read for you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess therefore 
if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. So here, um, he's basically, the town clerk is basically telling them if they wanted to bring a case against these men, the courts were open. They just can't go around marching and causing a lot of confusion. Verse 39, but if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. So he told them if they had any other issues to table, then an orderly meeting is what they should actually have. Verse 40 goes on to read, for we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar there being no reason which we may have to account for this disorderly gathering. Verse 41, and when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. So he dismissed the assembly and the crowd all went home. Um, so the work of Paul in Ephesus had now here ended. It came to an end. Um, we get to chapter 20 and verse 1 goes on to read after the uproar had ceased Paul called the disciples to himself embraced them and departed to go to Macedonia verse 2 now when he had gone over that region he encouraged them with many words he came to Greece so he went to Corinth in Athens um, verse 3 goes on to read and stayed three months and when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria he decided to return to Macedonia and Sopater of Bria accompanied him to Asia also Aristarchus and Secundus, Secundus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Derby and Timothy and Ty Caius Ty Caius and Tropimus of Asia. Oh, that's a mouthful. And these men going ahead waited for us. That's Paul and um, yeah, um, at Troas. So all these were believers who had actually come to Christ under Paul's ministry. And us here meaning, because Dr. Luke wrote the book of Acts, that's Paul and, um, you know, Dr. Luke. So, so he says, and the, oh, these, so these men um, had actually come to Christ under Paul's ministry. And these were, uh, these men were missionaries. Okay, so this is today's teaching. In an interesting read um the book of acts is always great to read and as we learn and walk with paul through his missionary journey and see how the word of god spread um i hope you all continue listening in and um thank you all and have a good day god bless you Bye bye